You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. And we're live. This is The Human Condition. I'm Vince Orlando, here with... I'm Sean Davis. And I'm Steve. How's it going, guys? Wonderful. How do you feel today? Oh, man, it's been, it's been better. It's been better. My daughter was out for a few days, first few days of the week, actually, with... Uh, with a cold, head cold, and uh, thought I, th- I thought I was going to skate out of that. It did. It didn't happen. Um, so I'm. I'm I, I hear myself talking in my head right now. I'm trying to trying to kill that feedback, but I'm good though. I'm good. I'm glad we're here. Uh, before we get started on our subject, just want to let everybody know that if you want to comment, you can obviously comment on the live feed through our Facebook. That's one way to do it. Then we also have our Twitter, which Steve will be monitoring throughout the show. It's HC313podcast. Hit us up. All right. So our, our episode today is, uh, this is the good night thing. Oh, Steve you, Steve gave us footnotes. Yeah. We got um, footnotes now. You know what? I reversed that. It's HC Podcast 313. HC Podcast 313. <laughs> Told you I'm we'll dyslexic. Get right we'll get it right one of these days. <laughs> go to go to one or the other. I'm sure they'll they'll love to hear you chime in, whoever they are. Um, so today's episode is impermanence. Impermanence is one of my favorite subjects. It's it, it was for me. It was the step beyond acceptance, the step beyond non-attachment. When I so just to break it down, impermanence in the Buddhist tradition, and and I think it's pretty self-explanatory in the name says that all things are impermanent. Everything in the within the realm of phenomena, meaning our lives, are impermanent. We can look at this logically and we can say, well, that's absolutely true. We're going to die. We grasp onto all these things and we cling to them throughout our lives, like our marriage, our children, our, our jobs, our relationships. We cling to these things for dear life. But they're going to go away. They're going to go away. So in the Buddhist tradition, this would be called attachment. This is where human suffering stems from. I just posted something from uh, I can't remember who it was from, but he said uh, it's not it's not the idea that a flower wilts that people suffer, but it's rather the idea that the flower should not wilt that causes the suffering. So that's what impermanence is. And impermanence for me, the the thing that that really kind of took away the I don't want to non non attachment. Just in the way its phrase can be misconstrued as negative. Oh, I'm not attached to anything. I'm not an egoic. It's not that. Or communist. Or detachment. Yeah. Or there's. I mean, there's, there's, so words have stigmas to them, right? right? So impermanence. The breakthrough for me with impermanence was well, not only do I need to accept impermanence because there's power in acceptance, absolutely, positively, power in acceptance. But to take it a step further, I want to embrace impermanence. That means embracing the good and the bad. That means whenever anything happens, I have to look at it in a way in which will allow me to be curious rather than judgmental. So for me, impermanence is a lifesaver. And I, I, I've embraced the, the concept that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that my gut reaction is always to veer towards it. Sometimes I have to have a conversation with myself. For, for example, today, I, I, uh, me and my girlfriend broke up. It was a good breakup. It was a great breakup. It was necessary. It was coming, um, and it was amicable. We we both decided that hey, we're not supplying for each other. What it, you know, what you want from me, I can't give. And cool, cool. I wish you the best, kind of thing. But there was still this gut reaction in me that that's related to my abandonment issues, my PTSD, the things that are real deep seated in my subconscious, my attachment to these ideas that these types of things should not happen. Well, no, they should. We're human. Life goes on. We move on. That doesn't mean that things can't cause pain. You, you, you're you allowed to feel pain. You're allowed to mourn the loss of things. But to attach to the idea that it should always be there, that's what leads to suffering because it perpetuates the pain. Pain's natural. you got to take it at face value. And, and, uh, and the Buddhists will say be grateful for your pain. Yeah, it's never going to go away. There's always going to be something to cause suffering. But what well, you're pain, going on something's is – Something's always going to cause pain. And the recognition – You cause the suffering. Choose, yeah. Right. You can perpetuate that pain. So if I fall to cancer, I always use this example. If I fall to cancer, I'm going to suffer some – well, it's going to be painful, There's right? There's going to be physical Physically pain. painful. Yeah. If I'm in a concentration camp like Viktor Frankl 
it's going to be physically painful. Now, I can choose to let them imprison my spirit also, which Viktor Frankl didn't. He found a way to, to, to morph his wife into a situation who was dead. And he didn't know if she was dead or not, but it was one day he saw her face smiling in the clouds. And that was all he needed. And he said, I'm not going to let you imprison my spirit. Did that mean he didn't have to go through pain? No, he didn't have to go through pain. But he could have sat there and lamented on the fact that I'm treated like an animal. I could die any day. They've probably killed my wife. They've killed most of my family. Oh, poor me, poor me. Would he be right to say poor me? Absolutely. But what does that do for you? Does nothing. It perpetuates the pain, which then becomes suffering. Does codependence or your codependent issue kind of coordinate with your idea of impermanence? Does is there like kind of like a fuckery in the mind there? I'm not sure what you're asking. So like impermanence with nothing being permanent, right? When I apply that to like relationships and stuff, it tends to like pull on the strings of my codependency. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's more than anything else. That's where the gut reaction came from for me today. And I had to have a talk with myself, you know, because in the past I would be with a woman and and I would want to be out of that relationship. So I would do shit because I didn't have I wasn't man enough to actually break up. I would push, 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 and push until until it became unbearable to be with me. Then she would go, and then I would be. Then the the codependent in me, the the little bitch in me, would be. Fuck that! She's not leaving me. And then I would go win her back, and then we're back in the same fucking circle again, back and forth, back and forth, and it was all codependence. Now you know, after uh, there was that's a a bad thing. That that is not healthy. Well, it's a horrible thing. Yeah. It's a horrible thing, and that's clinging, and that clinging is going to lead to suffering, and we suffered for a good seven years in that one. That was pure suffering, and we did it to each other. There was a, some soul agreement in that we were going to bring our codependence to the surface, and you know, I don't know where she's evolved. I believe she has, but for me personally, I, I go back to that, and I say thank you. I can say thank you for what you showed me about me, and I can move through that, but I had to let go of the idea that I fucked up by the relationship not being forever. You know what I mean? And this was the mother of my kids. You know, the longest relationship I've ever been in. And, uh, you know, but society says, no, you have kids. You should stay. Bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would choose this over a lifelong marriage with a woman. Uh, the, the type of parents that I am with her right now and our relationship and what we have with the kids. My kids are on the top of the world, man. They don't, they don't, because we, we co-parent effectively. So it's not even like we're not together. We're not physically together, but we don't need to be. We were, you know, there's no courts involved. There's none of the ugliness. There was at first, but we got by that and made them the priority. But in my head, I was raised with the idea that you're a failure. If you don't get married, if you, once you have kids, if you leave that person or if that person leaves you, you failed in some capacity. I remember I couldn't admit when a woman cheated on me. Because I took responsibility for that shit. That made me shitty. So I couldn't tell anybody about that. And then I had to go after her and throw daggers in the best way I possibly could to diminish her as a human being. Because you felt it was a failure on your part on to part. not provide or not do something correctly that the pushed inadequacy, her away. The PTSD yeah. shit would pop up. Oh, I'm inadequate. I'm a piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. Not consciously. That shit ain't happening consciously. That's all subconscious. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't have the capacity to stop it. Yeah. So I just I rolled with what I was taught as a kid. And, and relationships, you tell each other to fuck off. You call each other's bitches and dickheads and all the names you could pop. And you, there's no holds barred in the shit. This is what happens when you don't embrace impermanence. Because when you're clinging to something that really is, is not there to be clung to, you're going to suffer. And no, I think no. going no, off no. of what you were, you were striving for, just their codependence and impermanence, a thing that I was picking up on is sort of you can also be attached to the idea of perfection, not just something changing, but striving for something that is perfect. And the second that it's not perfect, wanting to, to get rid of it. Well, and that is attachment because perfection that's part of codependence. That's part of part of it all. I mean, it all boils down to attachment. So we get attached to these ideas. Now, we're not responsible for the ideas that we believe when we're children. We don't have a moral compass. Everything's being programmed from the third trimester until you're three years old. You're being programmed with information. And it's the, the ironic part, though, is, is this is when, as a parent, you think, well, they don't hear me. They don't hear me. 
that's when they need that shit the most because that's the programming. Mm-hmm. And then you spend your entire life on learning those those first three and a quarter years because that's what's programming. Now, you don't even know. That, so only 5% of our brains operate in a conscious manner. 5% of our day is dictated by the conscious part of our brain. The other, and they've done studies on this and, and check the neurons in, in the prefrontal cortex and, and the rest of the brain. So it's 400 million to 40,000 neurons per second. That's our conscious to our unconscious brain. So when you get stressed, when you get angry, when you do any of these things that, that limits your ability to have conscious thought, you go into autopilot. What's in autopilot? The Habits. bullshit. It's in, that's where, the, and you're, that's not saying your parents were bad, but they didn't know not to fight in front of you. Right. You know what I mean? And if you don't have certain skills that were given to you or figured out, coping mechanisms, things like that, you just fall back into old habits. The pattern. I didn't know that in the relationship with my kid's mother, and now I'm a study on this shit, look at it, and I see the pattern she was repeating, and I see the pattern that I was repeating. Now, the way that I got out of ever having to admit that I was perpetuating this pattern was – well, I wasn't going to punch you. And I was like the girls, the girls that I subconsciously sought out would punch me in the face quick. You know what I mean? They were fighters. So when I started to throw my daggers, cause I thought I could say anything I wanted cause I'm not hitting you. Right. I, but that's the emotion shit. So that's way worse. The damage you do to a person when they believe that shit. And I didn't know till later on, you know, after we got good with each other, she's like, well, you said this, this and this. I'm like, and I, I was, and I remember asking her, I'm like, you really believe that? Of course she fucking believed it. I said it. You know what I mean? And you're in this intimate relationship. But I had a point to that and then I, I skewed off on the on the whole thing. What was what was the initial point? Can't remember. It was probably a really good point. It was probably really <laughs> good and it'll probably come back. But uh But oh 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 perpetuating cycles. That's that's what it was about, is perpetuating cycles. And now that I look at it, I see she was acting in the way that she was acting because she needed to fix that in her. I and she was presenting me with in her behavior a way to bring out what was flawed in me that I needed to work on. But it took me years to, to get to the point where I could look at that. And, and this is radical forgiveness. Say, thank you. You know, thank, thank you for, I don't even think about how stereo, not stereotypically, but superficially, I feel like she wronged me or how I wronged her. I, I can just look back and say, thank you for all that. I don't have to say it to her. You know, I didn't know anything about impermanence, to tell you the truth before, I got the refuge recovery. You know, they really push it um, in that particular book. And understanding it was uh, a little tricky in the beginning. Huh. You know, I could grasp the non-attachment relatively easy. It's a practice. You know, I had to practice not not getting attached to ideas or certain things or even like rearranging like my belief system that I was brought up with impermanence in just today's society is it's a hard thing to like keep in place. We're taught to cling man. Yeah. From the, from an early age we're, we're consumers, right? We're, we're in the, the work. This is consumerism. Get it, get it, hold on to it. I mean, look at extreme versions are, there's a whole fucking TV show on hoarders. The fuck is that? You know what I mean? But that's that's real on the surface type shit. But we're raised to cling, not to let that go till death do us part. How do you make that promise to somebody? You don't know that shit. Yeah, I, I mean, I would like to preface that by saying this is how I feel right now. I, I feel like I want to be with you for the rest of my life. Leave it at that. Stop. <laughs> Just stop bullshitting. You know what I mean? And now the family believes it and you've spent $40,000 on the wedding and now yeah. now you're a failure because now you can't get out of that shit. Oh, now the kids, now they shut the fuck up with that. It's like the, you know what? It's like the gambler's fallacy, you know, where it starts to go down and you grab at it more, grab yeah. at it more, bet more because it's going to come through one it's time. Got, it's got to. The idea, this idea that it's got to, it can't just go this way. No, it can go I've that way. I've been told my whole That's life, if I go. do this, it will turn out this way. And it just doesn't happen with human nature. With, it, with anything. And it's so simple when you look at it, we're going to die. Your body will be in the dirt. At some point in your life, you will be gone. Everybody you love will be gone. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Does it, does it mean it feels, feels good when you lose a parent or you lose a, a child or or you lose a dog, you know, it feels fucking horrible. But but that's that's part of the beauty of being human. And when you embrace impermanence, you can start to move towards those emotions and say, 
fuck, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm allowed to feel this. Because that dogs can't. A dog can't feel that. They can do a little whimper or whatever, but they can't. They, they don't have the ability to project into the future and think about what that's going to feel to not have that person. Sometimes that's a benefit to their mental health, right, is they can't do that. But if we say we have this level of consciousness, which is evolved in, as, as it pertains to everything we know that thinks on the face of the planet in the universe, we still haven't discovered life like ours. How beautiful is that? You know, and, and then to go into the concept of impermanence and say, well, I've only got this much time, so I better I better give it my fucking all. I better give everything I got to every fucking moment that I have because I'm not going to be here. And you, the person that I'm speaking with right now, neither will you, neither will my kids. But instead we cling. And then when the shit goes away, you're devastated. People kill themselves. They, they You know what I mean? They, they, they kill themselves. I think a lot of times it it gets more dramatic when you have built something in your mind that might be a little delusional or, you know, when the codependency becomes so ingrained, Mm -hmm. like that particular type, like you, you let that person go or that relationship breaks apart or, you know, the void, the void, the void rather than saying like, what fills that void should be spiritual, something, God, whatever you want to call it. Instead, the void, like you dwell on the void. Because you all think you about feel. it all the time. It's, to you, it's all you feel. It's what there is. It's the truth. Right. And so, like, my mind is now plagued with this void as well as my heart. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, impermanence isn't coming to. Not even thinking my, about my, it. No, no. But no, what about how I feel? Right. Like, what about this? This is the only real thing happening right now. And as much as it's true, it doesn't serve you. No. It doesn't serve you at all. And even more than that is something that you said about dogs. You know, they don't have the ability to predict the future or make models or of even the future. Think about it. We do. And we can get severely depressed and attached to things that haven't happened mm-hmm. that are barely a possibility right? and be more miserable than ever. Yep, that's where anxiety comes from. Compulsion, true, anxiety. True anxiety yeah, it's, about it's, the future it's, that I'm might never happen. I'm stuck in the future. And then we dwell on the past. That shit's done. <laughs> that shit's done. Let that shit go. It's easier said than done. You know, I know that I was accused of being selfish when I was able to truly walk away from from the things that, that I where I feel like I've wronged people in my past and we've, we all do it, right? But I was able to truly walk away. For a long time, I couldn't, and it kept me in that that uh, PTSD bender cycle, you know, because I would pretend that it didn't hurt me, and then I, all of a sudden, my brain would just fucking explode, and I'd seek escape. But, but it's because I came back and tried to fix something that didn't need fixing. Like our relationship doesn't need fixing. I need to fix me. I need to be good for me. Otherwise, I'm no good for you. Otherwise, this pattern continues, and this is the shit we're stuck in. And as long as you accept it, well, you're just as guilty as I am. We're we're partners in this shit. You know, and I, I always talk, and I, I get a lot of shit for this, too, when we talk about the victim mindset. And, uh, you know, there's women that will say, and men. I was I was in a bad relationship for 10 years, and she just, just she or he was abusive. I was a victim. Oh, the fuck you weren't. You were the victim in that moment. But 10 years, there's a there's a point. And I don't care if there's kids or anything. This Let's just be real with ourselves and each other here. Like there's a point where maybe living on the street is the better option. Maybe you suffer less sitting on, you know, I know my mom did it when she was pregnant with me, nine months old, left my dad sitting on the, sitting on the uh, porch of a uh, halfway house that couldn't take her in before Christmas in Cass Corridor. But she was better off. Because otherwise, maybe I get killed in her stomach. You know what I mean? Like, and I, but if sometimes belief, you just got to go. If your belief system is ingrained, a lot of people are going to take that abuse, right? No, for that, a long yeah, time. That's the cycle, dude. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, I got married, and this is what married people do. And you that got belief, religions that yeah. teach this shit. You can't leave your you husband. Know, what right. the fuck is? Even they're so protecting yeah. child molesters in the case. What the fuck is this? Jesus is your teacher? Come on, man. It's insane. It it, it, it's, you know, like Albert Einstein said, what, what's insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. It's with this whole Trump shit and everything that's going on in politics right now. Everyone's so quick to point a finger. You're doing the same shit. 
the same shit that got him elected, the same shit he says is fake and he can stand on the other side and his followers can say, well, he's right because look what they're doing. Same fucking shit. We're doing the same shit all the time and I, I don't get how nobody notices it. But I do because I didn't. It took me years and I had to get traumatized and I had to really, and it was my son and ketamine, like I'll always talk, ketamine, my son, quantum physics led me into spirituality and a shift started to happen to where I started to reevaluate myself. Didn't mean the work got easy, but I started evaluating myself and I started saying, okay, maybe the way you've been doing it is wrong. How does that happen? For And we've talked about this before. How does that happen without the trauma? Trauma is a beautiful thing if you can take that from it. It's a necessary function. Right. If you can't take that from it, you live in trauma. You kill yourself. You get medicated. You become a zombie. You seek escape through heroin or net 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 uh, binge watching Netflix. You know what I mean? You you seek escape, and in your you go from one pleasure to the next pleasure to the next pleasure, and then you wonder why you always feel empty. I remember I went out to so there's no coincidence that I became an actor. Right? I had to have everybody adore me was ignored by my mother. She was trying to survive, you know, for that. She, she loved, she loved me and gave me what she could, but she was providing for the house. And then my dad, you know, when he was around, he was abusive as fuck. And then when he left, I became the man of the house kind of till my stepdad came around. And then I was at that point, I was real rebellious, but, um, and there was a point to that too. I keep going off on a tangent. What were we talking about before that? Impermanence. No, I mean, yeah, well, I know <laughs> this, this head cold is you know, I'm, kicking my ass. <clears throat> I, I've been thinking about this for a few minutes. Uh, this whole impermanence thing—it—it's really rooted in in the Eastern philosophies like Buddhism and Sikhism and stuff like that. It's a really, really old idea. It's even before that. Uh, Heraclitus was the one that said, you know, everything is in flux, everything changes. The only thing, what did he say? The—that's the, a quote of his that I love. The only thing, the only thing uh, permanent is change. Yeah, yeah. They, that, that's yeah. Heraclitus, the and that's a three thousand year old idea. Which is how how can you not look at things and we've been conditioned to believe that things should be forever. We were more like animals back back in those days. We would accept death. It was a thing that came. People would sacrifice themselves. It was a noble thing to do. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but but we weren't as attached to this idea that we should live till we're 80 with two picket fences and be in a marriage and and I'm not saying well, that's any culture. of those are bad things. That's I'm not culture saying, yeah, that's too. Culture. That's a United States but I don't thing. Say, that's well, a Western well, culture. No, thing. My ex was Ukraine. She is. She still is. She didn't change because we broke up. But she's Ukrainian and uh, very old school ideas about the knight in shining armor that's going to come and take care and I'm going to cook and blah blah blah. That's all great. Girlfriend before that too. That shows my own inner codependence because I keep winding up in that. But. Uh, but that 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 was the idea, and that, that's the idea in Sicilian culture too. You know, that's not what life is. You and I teach my daughter. I'm like, you don't have to rely on anybody. You do you. Don't hurt anybody intentionally. Always tell the truth. Let the chips fall where they may. That's but the golden it, rule, but, right? But this How whole do you change a culture. You <clears throat> got you got to do it like I'm doing it. So first, it starts with yourself. Then it starts with your children. And then hopefully it trickles out. You write a book. Maybe somebody grasps on. You can't change an entire culture. And I think that's the problem in politics. They come up there and they present these ideas. I can change everything. No, you fucking can't. Nor the people that voted for American you. American values. You know what I'm saying? I love apple truth pie. Is we don't, truth I'm is we just don't like values. you. Make America great again. What I'm values like do we have? If you're, on our, if you're on the land that we want, we're going to kill you. That, let's talk about true values. Yeah. We don't have any. We, we're like pretty much every human being. We go with the flow. Well, there's we go group, with the flow, and there's there's we try group to... values, and there's personal values. There was, <laughs> there was, there's really not anymore. There, I mean, you try, they try to push, you but can... it's all politi politicized. And I'm not saying it... they're good values, but there are. You know, there's ideas in this culture yeah. that you know you go to work, you are successful if you go to work and you pay your bills. Right. That is a very American thing. Whereas Who wants to work though. Well. You do. I don't. I, I, I don't either. No, I, I like working. I just. I mean, I just want to be a billionaire. I, I I like doing this. If if I were to hit the Powerball tomorrow and sit on four, I don't know what it is, but four hundred million dollars, I would work more. I would write more. I would shoot more movies. I would do more of this. I would do more for. I couldn't sit. You do more ass. of what you loved. Of what I loved. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've I think I've done a pretty good job at uh at pushing myself into a position where I'm doing a lot of what I love. It's not exactly where I'd like it to be yet, but. <clears throat> But I'm okay with the fact because I again because on the flip impermanent. side, impermanent. Yeah. This cold, it fucking sucks, right? It's gonna go away. 
going to go away. I ain't going to die. So why should I sit here and cry cry about it, you know? Or, or why should well, you I? Can, you can still be miserable because of something. Like we were saying earlier, like there is a physical suffering. Right. And there is a mental suffering. And some of that mental suffering is a choice or a habit. Well, you know how you get out of that, that suffering is you move towards something that moves you. Well, you have so, to recognize it first. I don't even know that I'm sick right now. Once in a while, I'll get this. Uh, but all I was doing was complaining when I walked in the door. Oh, this fucking hand cold. And, but when I'm sitting here speaking about things that move me, it's not there. Mm-hmm. It'll be there when I leave. And I'm going to go home, do the right thing, get some soup and lay on the couch and cry. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, but it, it doesn't have to make me suffer. I don't have to let it win. That doesn't have me leveled right now. Sure. That's okay. It's impermanent. It's going to go away. But that's what I was saying. It's a choice. It Part is a of choice. it is a choice. But you do have to recognize it first. You do. And you have to have those those mechanisms in place. Like somebody that's never looked at spirituality, never had a conversation like this that's just stuck at a cannery doing the same mm-hmm. thing over and over, and that's their life. They might not know that there are options about how to think about things. They don't. And that's that's why it's real hard to go back and say and blame your parents for anything. They only they did the best they could with me. even my dad. He did the best he could with what he had. He would try to sneak in a road. He didn't know how to be a father, right? He just he did what he saw and what he saw wasn't that great. He didn't have access to information like we have now. He couldn't Google uh, teach me how to be a father. You know, is it okay to hit your kids? Is yeah, it okay? It's, to, it's you don't get a manual for it, right? No, but now what you do have is access to information. You have access to information, and the information's always changing. It's impermanent. Big time. It's impermanent. And, and to not look at the way we were, you know, we're basically gods compared to what they would have thought 100 years ago. With everything that we're capable of doing now with magic. the internet, I mean, it is. It's magic. Yeah. No, you can't communicate at the speed of light. Stupid. You know, on what that, is the speed of light? <laughs> I, like to, I like to be fluid with my thoughts and opinions and my beliefs and my understandings. Uh, you know, like the whole political thing. Po- politics really bothers me because it seems like people get onto a team like uh, I'm a Republican and whatever they do is re- correct. <laughs> Anything that Democrats do, they're incorrect because I'm red. Well, I, I try to understand things because things are constantly changing. So today you might ask me if I'm a Republican and I might say yes. You talk to me in a week, I might say I'm a Democrat or an independent. And I think that's important too. You know, don't be afraid to change your mind about things. Well, and you know what you believe doesn't actually define you. Change is inevitable. You and can if, resist all you want, if but you stay if you stay fixed, like fixed position, you know, life's going to run over you. You know, if you stay like grounded in my beliefs and like in a fixed position, you're going to get your ass whooped by life. You know, you constantly need to grow. You need to always keep seeking. And, you know, politics, you know, so both my parents were teachers and stuff. So they kind of, and they're from, you know, this area. So they all were both Democrat. And so I learned democratic values and all that stuff and you know i was raised democratic but in today's society like i can't identify with either party so i'm just kind of like placed here and when the election comes around i'll be voting for the lesser of two evils because i'm going to make sure i vote because tell you the truth my old man was like if you don't vote you ain't got no reason to bitch you don't you know it's a good point if if you don't vote when, when it, things go bad, keep your fucking mouth shut because you didn't do anything to better the situation. You sat on your fucking ass eating Frito-Lay bullshit. And, <laughs> you can make know. all the excuses yeah. you want to not walk down. It, if you're not a part of it, you don't there's, get There's a polling station right. every few blocks. You go to that elementary school, drop yeah. your shit in. But, you know, an interesting thing with politics is that I'm not either. I'm not a Christian. Study Christianity. I'm not a Buddhist. I study the hell out of Buddhism. I am, you know, and that's when, when Moses was uh, speaking with God, uh, the flaming bush, he said, well, who are you? When I go back, who should I tell you, tell them that you are? And God said, or the flaming bush or whatever you want to call it, whatever it is, however you take this as literal or otherwise, there's a metaphor to it. And that's, I am that I am. I'm not any of those things. And as soon as I label myself as one of those things, I'm in danger. 
of attaching to the idea that I'm that. Now it's hard for me to listen to somebody who's, say, blue because, well, I'm not that. So what you're saying can't be right because I'm this and you're that. And that's what that is. And it creates opposition. And that's all for no is. reason. All Everyone's it is is got an angle. Everything has an angle to it. Today. Now, and that's all insecurity. Now you got to support your agenda because not because you believe in it so much. And maybe you do. But for the most part, you just don't want to be wrong because you feel shitty when you're wrong. So now you sit there and you create arguments and a lot of people aren't even listening. They're just looking for things to chime in on so that they can make their – they can spew things out of their mouth. Yeah, because groupthink feels good. To make them feel good. Yeah. I'm on the winning team. I'm on the winning yeah. team. It makes me feel good. It gives me endorphins and things. And the, the crazy thing is you're not winning unless uh, we're all winning. You know, Terrence McKenna was always really big on uh, eliminating labels. You know, massive, like, like, like break down, forget the label that you're an American, Get it. forget, forget all your culture, that, that you are the, I am that I am. Yep. You're a spiritual being pretty much cruising around on this plane of an existence, trying to help out other spiritual beings, raise their vibration, raise their frequency so that there's less suffering going on in the world and that you give those that are coming up behind us something better than what we had yeah and that's a huge part of buddhism too i think a lot of religions try to the way that i understand many of the abrahamic religions is you know they try to spread right they try to spread their word and everything i think i feel like buddhism specifically is more about raising everybody's frequency it's there's less negativity in it and less finger pointing and uh, I'm not saying go out and become a Buddhist or anything, but if you're interested in this kind of thinking, I think it's a great place to start well, uh, if you want to be spiritual or look into the spirituality of, of human beings. The center point of the foundation of Buddhism is the alleviation of suffering. There's no religion to that. No, it's you the four, you've got any, the four noble truths and you got the four thoughts, right? They, the, well, four noble truths is, the four noble truths is, uh, you know, there is suffering, you will suffer. There is a way to not suffer. Not suffer. And once you're not suffering, you will eventually suffer again. And going back to what I said in the other show, I think it's important to point out that when we talk about Buddhism and suffering, the actual meaning doesn't translate really well to English, and it's actually more akin to dissatisfaction with life, not suffering. Right. Because when you say suffering, people immediately think, "Oh, my arm hurts." Right. Right. Because that's not what suffering what is, mean. though. It's a dissatisfaction. It's this never-ending dissatisfaction with all that is. All that is is right here. All that is is what happens to you. All that is is what you do. That's all that is. <clears throat> if you think it should be another way and you don't believe that you have the power to change that, you're going to suffer. Unless you're going to you suffer because you think it should be a different way. And you just because you think it, you know, that's part of the reason for the last breakup, man, is, is I'm not here to read your mind. Right. I don't have time for that. I, I have a life. I have kids. I have I, I can't. And this is with co-workers, too, with with people that work for me. I can't tiptoe around your emotions, man. I don't I don't have time for that shit. And I'm sorry if you think I'm a dick, but I'm not. I get called an asshole I'm, a whole lot because I'm exactly like that, especially at work. I can't do it. I got, I got my own shit to worry about. You know, and people no have games. these expectations that because I want life to be this way, it should <clears> be that way. Then when it's not that way, rarely do they communicate it. Because typically, doing what I want you to do, right? You're not doing what I want you to. Well, what the fuck do you want me to do? Tell, at least, let's talk about You're it so I can tell you yes to or no. Be able to read my mind. What are you mad about? You don't know. You should. You should know. You should know. You should know. No, the fuck, I shouldn't. I should. I, I have no clue. I don't know what I know half the time. Like, you want me to know what you know too? Yeah, it's insane. But that that again, that's that's attachment. Uh, that is believing that. Believe in that, that things should be a certain way. Now, we can bust our well, ass to make things the way we, we would like them to be. Yeah. We can bust our ass to do that, and there's nothing wrong with it. But if you're attached that it should be that way, when it's not that way, which happens more often than not, you, you, you get devastated. You know? You, you get dev That's where depression comes from. We're a depressed society. I really believe that if you practice present-time awareness, suffering does cease more than anything else i think once i learned to not focus on the future the future will get there when it gets there that if i stay in the moment 
and I practice present time awareness with non-attachment that, you know, impermanence just falls right in line with it, you know, that I'm always going to change. Mm -hmm. We're always changing and that if I'm open to new ideas and I'm open to change and I'm open to believing or rewiring my belief system that it's all going to work out. That the faith that I have in myself and in my creator, that it's all going to work out in the end. I need not worry. Stop thinking about a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, and all that bullshit. I wasn't, like, I was brought up, like, in fixed type thinking. It was really unity that, like, helped me unravel a lot of the thinking that I was so, was I, I was grabbed onto. Yeah. You know, I was I was embedded in a lot of like bullshit thinking. It was your identity, right? You'd worn this. It's it, you didn't know anything but it. I think there came a time where I was just like on a mission to seek. You know that I wanted just like I'm gonna go find out like what the fuck is out there. You know, and uh, a lot of spiritual experiences. What kept you from doing that earlier? Was it was there a fear that you had? What was alcoholism? The- well, that was more of like a band-aid, right? Or an no, escape. Like, I believe it was searching. That's what Carl like, Jung would argue is that you've lost a part of yourself. You're using – because you do develop this temporary connection to – it's fake, right? But all of a sudden you don't care about the fact that you feel isolated. You've now connected with your buddy. <laughs> Alcohol. I think I got like – once you – like <clears throat> once I really became physically dependent on alcohol – like it just I was locked in like I'm a 24-7 drinker like I will not stop until I end up in jail in the hospital or God does some sort of whatever to bring me to my knees but I can't I can't break I can't break away from alcohol once like one shot man one do you shot. remember do you remember the moment that you decided to seek like what was the catalyst to that so like, i got sober and my sponsor was like church of today uh jack bolin yeah. all that shit and then what happened was he's like dude you're kind of fucked up you know like you know you, let me take you like we're going to go to church and i was like what man he's like dude this is the church we're like addicts and alcoholics go like this is like the rejects church and i was like it's like the breakfast club yeah i was like whatever whatever so he took me over to you know renaissance unity over in warren and it was uh just pre marianne williamson like i think les brown was up on stage and i was like wow and then like he kind of showed me what was going on at the church there was like meetings there like they were talking about shit that was like really exciting to me. So I kind of started going there and all of a sudden like I just kind of became I just had a thirst for spiritual knowledge. And I just started to go after some stuff and in like 2008 I ended up <clears throat> going to the Detroit Urban Ministerial School which is a unity-based ministerial school because I wanted to know what was in the fucking Bible. Like, I've heard people, like, use that book for every fucking reason under the sun. And I really, like, I wanted to know, like, what is this, you know? And, you know, there was a a pastor there who taught me, like, like, this book is like a metaphysical book. It's not meant to be taken literal. And everything means something different than what people think it means. But he broke it down. And then there was a bunch of other books like 12 Powers of Man, Lessons in Truth, all these things with New Thought, Emmett Fox. I started crushing all that. Then I started getting into Buddhism and Taoism. And I crushed all these books and just really went after it. And uh, Well, thank God for impermanence then because you were going down a hell of a path. And you found that out of nowhere. Shit, man. I still ended up relapsing after, like, I ended up relapsing in, like, 2000. I was, like, three weeks shy of six years and, like, ended up relapsing and stuff. And I always, like, 
I don't know what it is. My relationship with God is like really, it's like almost everything to me because I get so like amazed at miracles and I've learned never to judge the size of a miracle, but miracles, when you see them happen, like it just excites the fuck out of me. Like I can't explain it. Like there's something that goes on that's undescribable that makes me feel like yeah i can dig that i mean that's it's miraculous yeah of course you're gonna feel something you know there's probably not even a word for it yeah there's probably no word for another quote from einstein he said there's only two ways you can live one as if everything is a miracle two as if nothing is everything's a miracle even if you're agnostic atheist you believe that we're worm food you believe that everything's predetermined it's still pretty fucking cool that we can think about that you know what i mean even if this is a process of evolution and there there is no woo woo to it still pretty damn amazing you know well i think it can be amazing without being a miracle you know when i think of a miracle i think like i think it's all that's what einstein was saying everything's a miracle or everything's not so even if it's just by chance that we landed in the habitable zone and that our axis is tilted at the sprite degree and gravity is laying down on the earth at, at within it's like one billionth of a billionth of a billionth part to where things would start to fly off at the rate that we spin that to me is a miracle i don't care if it came from physics which it probably did, but I don't think physics precludes uh, a conscious creator. I think they could both coexist. I don't know if one does, but I know physics exists, but I, I don't know where that comes. But anyway, I got off track. But the point is that it's a miracle. It's a miracle that we can sit here and have these conversations, and then we look at all the other things that inhabit this planet with us. They can't. They can't. And there's some beauty to that. You know, they don't fear death. They just they walk through life and then one day they get smashed because it's a bee and somebody wants them to. They don't think about it. They don't have to suffer. They just die. You know what I mean? We have the ability to think about that stuff. And then the point of Buddhism or even Christianity or any of the great traditions is, well, we know this is going to happen. How do, How do we, we not suffer? How do we not suffer because of it? Yeah, it's fucking impermanent. It's impermanent. It, it, so be curious more so than than saying oh, it's got to be this way. Be curious, oh, you know, and that's what I had to revert to today because the breakup just happened today, and the gut response is the codependent. Because I, I know I could say the right words and have that not happen, but that's not the right thing to do because it's not the right relationship to be in. But the codependent wants to chime back in and say some shit that'll make because it's painful when and, and just draw it out even longer. Yeah, because yeah. oh man, I'm really hurting her or I'm hurting Check. me, and let me let me uh, let me say some shit that'll that'll make that'll alleviate this uh, this uncomfortable feeling. No, you no, you got to go to impermanence and, and say, well, no, I really appreciate the time we had together. You know, and that's what you got to do with your parents, even if it's bad. I appreciate the time. That's radical forgiveness. I appreciate the time, whether we consider it good or bad. I appreciate the time we spent. It's a miracle that it, we encountered each other and we were able to share that time. I wish you the best. I wish you the best. You know, same with your dog. I know a lot of people trip out when their dogs get put down. You should feel emotional. The dog's going to die. The flower. I did, dude, <laughs> dude, my, I had... I had him and the bees and the flowers today. The dog's going to die, man. <laughs> and it's the truth. Like, that's the thing. And it doesn't make it any easier. Stop killing hypothetical dogs, Vin. I got to. I kill my kids sometimes hypothetically. Oh, I shouldn't no. do that either. Don't do you know? that. But that's really the, the amount of thought I want to put into it. It's like, okay, you talk this talk. Can you walk it? And I don't know yet. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, did, I did well today being able to say... Oh, that I, I, I truly appreciate that time. There's no reason to drag this out because of this uncomfortable feeling right now. This was necessary. Now, if something happens to my kids, will I be that spiritual? I don't know. That's that's the one space where I know I can get leveled to my core. And you might find me in a pool of vomit two weeks later. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. I don't. But I think about it because I want to be prepared because it can happen. Do I want it to happen? Absolutely not. Do I want to die long before my kids? Absolutely. Can I predict that? No. So why should I dwell on it? And 
when you when you say like you want to be prepared, I know the same feeling. Obviously, you know, like losing a parent or something, you want to be prepared for that thing. And I think what you mean by being prepared is not sitting there and thinking about it totally. over and over no. and over. It's actually getting tools in place, uh, coping mechanisms and things in your mind, spiritual or otherwise impermanent. If you know so it's you're all able impermanent. to do it. Yeah, if you know it's all impermanent, it'll sting. You can prepare it in some way. But you can say, I don't know what that purpose is. Might not be any. You know, I, I'm going to go cry for a little bit. I need my space. I need to get out of here. I need to think about some things. But I'm going to come back to life. I'll see you guys back in life. You know, and I know if if I were to pass, I want my kids to move on. I want them to move on. Yeah. It's, it, That's natural. Right. So why do we cling? We know why we cling. We're programmed to cling, to cling to everything, cling to ideas, cling to the television, cling to your favorite characters in a show, cling to cling to the life you wish you had, you know, it's clinging, clinging, I think clinging. the grieving process, though, can be different for everyone. It's I, way I think, different. I, yeah. I think it's almost to the point where it's like a snowflake. Each individual, each human being has its own grieving process Agreed. that's completely unique then how my grieving process is going to be completely different than his it's completely different than yours it, it just is going to be and it's that beautiful way. that it's that right. way if we can look at each other and quit saying well yours should be the same as mine i mean no it, that's, i just find it fucked up how people judge other people's grieving yeah. processes it's <laughs> like, what the fuck dude no, like, that's how they're doing it you know like i i don't it baffles me sometimes you know you just gotta let people do what they're going to do, you know, you can't <laughs> matters mm-hmm. of the heart, you know, we're all have a different skill set. We're all on a different plane of spiritual, whatever, how I react and how I'm going to heal is going to be however God and I figure that shit out. It may be long process, maybe short. Who fucking knows? I don't know. But it's mine. But it's mine. Yeah. And I can own it today. And you know what's... I don't think it's a choice either. Right. I think it, yeah. well, it's it one of those things that just happens. Like, like I'm not going to be able to choose how I want to heal with my grieving process. Or like, how you're going to feel if you can, passes. No, you can get, it's going to hurt. No, no, it's going to hurt. <laughs> that shit's going to hurt. But that's the thing. Accept it. Embrace it. Fuck. I know it's coming. I know I'm going to hurt. I know tragic things are going to happen in my life. I know it already. So... Let me just take it in. Take it in for what it is. Easier said than done. Way easier said easier than said done. Easier said than done. I've, I've gotten a, good at it. I've been a Christian apostate for, I don't know, a, a decade. I've been studying spirituality and Buddhism for many years, as you know. And a couple years back, my mother killed herself. And so painful. even with all the preparation that I thought I had and all the tools that I thought I had and all the strength that I thought I had, I was absolutely fucking devastated. And there was there was no arguing my way out of it. There was no positive thinking. Nothing did it for me. If you get to the root of why you get devastated, and that's what I learned in cognitive processing therapy, and that's why I'm on the other end of PTSD, that pattern, because I will ask myself first, real, real objectively, what just happened? Here's the truth of the matter. This person died. How do you feel about it? extremely sad. I want to kill myself. I want to die now too. Hold on. Is that feeling real? Is that based on the reality of this person dying? Is that a, is that a natural and normal thing, a way to feel? Does, does that make sense? And when I got the ability to ask myself these questions, I could always go back and it was always tied to something in my subconscious. And it was always a tied to an idea that I was attached to. And if I could get to that idea, when I asked myself, I could say, well, no, this isn't based on reality. I'm just sad. I don't want to kill myself. You know what I mean? If you, but that, that took years of therapy to get to a point to where I can go through and almost instinctively now I can, I can ask myself, is, is this real? You can step what, back what, from it. What is this emotion attached to? Because I, I know what it feels like to be really sad and devastated. I know what it feels like to be borderline suicidal. It's a different thing. I'm suffering at a level that I shouldn't be su- – I don't want to say shouldn't because, pe- like you said, people – People deal with it in the way they deal with it. I've gotten myself into trouble, too, because when I speak like this with you guys or even outside of here at Unity, um, people will say, well, who are you to say that that uh, 
that I can't suffer that. I didn't say that. I'm just say, I'm just saying there's a better way. You, you know be that. Ignorant. I mean, at least for me, there's a better way. I'm not saying that. I'm not judging your suffering. You like got to be pretty ignorant to hear you talking and say, "Oh, you're telling me how I should feel." But not ignorant it's, though. What if you're? It's a it's a discussion, you're, right? But not people. People aren't wired that and way. It's, it's working for you, and that's people great. People don't normally have healthy discussions in today's society no, right now. No. I think that's the, why government, we need the government and all the shit that's going on has got everyone so jacked up and so divided that a healthy conversation about anything ends up being like a verbal royal rumble. You know, it just people can't even exchange ideas without feeling like they're attacked or anything. There's you know? a benefit to that, though. So if it, there's a benefit to Trump and everything that's going on there, there's a benefit to the extreme right, the, the extreme left. It's very uncomfortable to have to go through it. But if you're one of those one of those people that have been complacent and you haven't really said your piece, well, now you got to kind of now you know. For me, I got to force myself to be a light because I was part of the fuck him. He's an asshole. He's this. He's he's an idiot. He's this. And there was great justification to say all of those things. Was I helping anything? No, I was fueling that fire. Flip side of the same coin. It's easy to stand behind the guise of virtuosity and and punch people as a result of that. What you got to ask yourself is, am I really just a son of a bitch that wants to punch somebody? And that's the truth. Like, that's what you really have to ask yourself. Am I really just a son of a bitch that gets off on punching people? And I've found my reason now. And I think a lot of that, as much as I disagree with his politics and what he's done, I think I just wanted to punch somebody, and he he was an easy target. Well, and all, like you said all, earlier, the fire. you wanted to be right. And bandwagoning is very easy to I be wanted, right. Yeah, bandwagoning is. I, easy. I didn't want to be right. I wanted to feel right, and I felt right because I disagreed with what he did. But the way that I was going about it was only okay. You're all attacking me. You all lie about me. You're all after me. Wham, wham, wham. Poor me. I've just given you that on a platter. You're right. You're right. Now just keep doing what you're doing because you have to defend yourself because I'm a fucking asshole. Impermanence. Yeah. You know what I mean? On impermanence and what you were just talking about, uh, you know, people not being able to have like good hearty discussions that are nice or anything like that. Anytime I get into conversations, I like to ask myself, you know, am I listening? What would it take for me to change my mind? I love asking myself that because there's a lot of people that they just will not change their mind and it means that they're just blasting words at you. They're stuck. They're not there to listen to you or learn anything from you or. Perhaps you mentioned something. I like to be the person that if you mentioned something cool that I, I hated at first, but you said it in such a way, I like to be able to say, damn it, I, I feel like I was wrong. I, I feel like or I'm going to get rid of the way that I thought or I'm and, look and take that. that shit up. Yeah, yeah that's too know? interesting to, to ignore. Well, we're going to have to look shit up now because we could go on for another hour, but um, we've reached the end. Thank you for keep the questions coming, the inboxes. We enjoy it. Show ideas. Again, if you want to reach out to us, you can do it on uh, on Facebook or three one three HC. Yeah, we'll, something. We'll figure it out, man. Thank <laughs> you, thank you for tuning in.